0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode four hundred and seventy eight for September twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty-three. This show is brought to you by Factor, Vitally, and Ladder. My name is Mike Curley and I am joined by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Mike. I'm joining you from
1: across the table. High five. Yay.
0: We are currently situated inside of the pod cabin, which is Stephen Hackett's studio. We would like to extend our thanks to Stephen Hackett for providing his studio for Upgrade yes. to be recorded today. He
1: left. Like he, he didn't want to mm-hmm. disturb the whatever magic of whatever this is.
0: Well, the usual way that this magic begins is of a snow talk question. Mm. And Marley's wants to ask... Jason, while in Memphis, did you get to see the train that Stephen is so fond of?
1: Stephen is there's a train right in Memphis that makes. There are lots of trains.
0: There there are so many trains. Yes, and they Stephen told me yesterday there's lots of trains in Memphis because there aren't many places where you have both river, air, and rail. So like there's a lot. Memphis is a cargo town for right. sure, uh, which is very funny because Memphis.
1: probably why FedEx is here, well, Or is FedEx the reason it's such a cargo town? I think FedEx is the reason. I bet it's it's both. I bet it's the geography leading to FedEx leading to everything else. My
0: favorite thing about, well, my favorite and least favorite thing about Memphis is the airport. Mm -hmm. It's my least favorite because it's so hard for me to get here as exhibited by last week's Upgrade Plus, which, by the way, go to getupgradeplus.com. And you can listen to last week's Upgrade Plus where I told a 20-minute story of my trip through Miami and why we were delayed a day and how we slept in the airport and stuff like that. So um, Memphis is called Memphis International Airport. Mm-hmm. There are no international flights, well, they commercial probably, flights. They, they probably fly Memphis. to like,
1: uh, uh, like the Bahamas. Nope.
0: That maybe there used to be flights. Oh, okay, Mexico. But there aren't anymore. Well, now it's FedEx,
1: right? Oh, yeah, FedEx. FedEx, FedEx fly International.
0: and if you and you you may see this actually because you have a very early flight. I, I think do, I do. If you get to Memphis Airport early, you see the FedEx planes coming in and out, and you've never seen planes fly so close to each other. It is unbelievable. Like I, I was there once very early in the morning, and you would see like one plane land. And then another land. Yeah. And then another land. Because it. it's just like so timed. But mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, there's a lot of cargo here. Apparently that's why there's a train here. But did you get to see the train?
1: Uh, I don't know. We're, we're staying actually at a hotel that is right in the old train station. Mm-hmm. So right on train tracks and everything like that. But I've, I've not heard a train. Huh? And there's the an time. active train station. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's that active. I think it's there's an Amtrak <laughs> yeah. that runs from Chicago to New Orleans. It's as
0: active as any American train line is active, which is... Not, Not that much comparatively.
1: Very. In that it hasn't been mothballed. It's yes. active. Yeah. It's
0: still, it still exists. It's functional. Do people get it? I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so I guess that's a no. If you would like to send in a snow talk question of your own, please go to upgradefeedback.com where you can do so. Yes. So we are here in Memphis because mm. we are thirty-six hours or so after the podcastathon for St. Jude. Yes, the length of three
1: other podcastathons yep. away.
0: Where uh, Stephen and I have done this. This is the fifth year. Uh, this year we were very excited to invite our first in-studio guests. We had you and Kathy Campbell mm-hmm. come join us. We hosted a twelve-hour extravaganza, um, of which will be posted to the Relay FM YouTube channel. Once we can work out exactly how to do that, it's a very long file. It's complicated. We have our best man working on the job. Yeah, I actually think this man's computer is downloading right, it somewhere. Right, locally, yeah, of course. Right behind us. Yeah, he's got to put it we on we his do. hard drive. He's got to put it directly on the hard drive. Yeah, it's really FM content.
1: Kind. It goes on Stephen's hard drive.
0: So this was part of our fundraising that we do throughout all of September. It's still September. We've got another week of September. You can go to stjude.org relay and you can still give to the kids of St. Jude. You can still sign up. uh, for a fundraiser of your own. You can still earn exclusive Real AFM merchandise for doing so. There are stickers available. There are wallpapers available, screensavers available, but all of it is to help the kids of St. Jude. I want to thank everybody who has donated so far. Um, It's really, we've raised over $545,000 so far for the kids of St. Jude, which is surpassing everybody's expectations we didn't know how this year was going to go you know we times are tough economically um, for this community to have come together to raise such a huge amount of money is incredible but we're not stopping we still have another week and we don't stop because Saint Jude won't stop until their life-saving work uh, is done and that no child dies from cancer with your support we'll be one step closer to that day one cure closer one child closer uh, during the podcast uh, Stephen was joined by his wife Mary and they spoke through this area called the Family Commons, which we also got to see the outside of and, and some of that uh, when we took a tour, um, which you got to do for right. the first time. Uh, one of the most important parts of being a patient at St. Jude is that they give you the space to not just be a patient, to just be a kid. The Family Commons was opened this year. It's a 45,000 square foot space just for families. It's treatment and clinical staff free. There's no doctors, there's no nurses. It is just families. It is a place for them to rest and reconnect between appointments. This isn't even the housing. This is just a place like if you're going to be here all day, just come and hang out. There are uh, music rooms, like they have recording studios, art rooms, maker spaces with 3D printers. They have places for the families to get coffee, to take calls. Maybe if you're like, if you're a working parent yeah. and you need to call in, they have booths where you can do that. Um, this space came about from the feedback from parents of St. Jude, um, from their patient, like St. Jude patients to so the parents of patients who were looking for spaces where they could get downtime together. So St. Jude,
1: Right. Something other than the hospital cafeteria, which is traditionally the place that everybody has to go to if you have a moment where you need to do something or you need to get out of the context of being in a hospital. I've lived through that too. When they said this is an alternative to the cafeteria, I thought to myself, oh, I understand exactly what you're saying because I've spent way too much time in hospital cafeterias. And uh, they're fine. They feed you and stuff. Some of them are lovely. (laughs) <laughs> They're lovely people. It hospitals. doesn't let yep, you escape that you're in the hospital, it, though. Exactly. Whereas this is a refuge. In fact, you said we got to see it from the outside. That's because we're not patient nope. families. We won't allow Patient families only. Not tour groups. Not doctors. Just the people who are doing uh, who are who are at St. Jude for other reasons to give them a place that yep. is not medical.
0: In the ten years that I've been coming here, I've been to St. Jude a lot, and over time, the tour groups have less and less access to the hospital, which I think is actually a really good thing. It's it used, We used to be able to go into the hospital, mm. and they would show you some, you know, you wouldn't go to where they were treating people, but you'd right. be going inside and seeing some of the rooms and some of the waiting areas and stuff. they stopped doing all of that now because they're just continuing their focus on this is for the kids, and it's for the families. Right. That's, it. That's and so, it. I think it, St. Jude's is an incredible place, with incredible energy, full of incredible people but it needs support. And so while we are so incredibly grateful for the support of our community over the last five years and this year, there's still always more money to be raised. Please go to stjude.org relay. You can donate. You can find out more about fundraising. Uh, you can go and learn more there because St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. With your support, we'll be one step closer to that day. One cure closer, one child closer this month and every month. Let's cure childhood cancer together.
1: We had a uh, well. I was going to say we had a fun time. We did. We had many times. Yeah, there were many. Twelve hours is a a lot of times. We had a good time. We did. We did. It was. It was hard. It was hard. But it was really good. Yeah. There was. I never thought. I had a moment where I thought, "Oh God, I never have pictured being in a a place where I am forced to spin a wheel and play games because." we are an hour and a half from the end and all that. But it was like, it was so fun, but it was also bizarre, right? It's just bizarre because you're playing games and you're on the internet and people are commenting on you and you're, and it was, uh, yeah, it was an unreal experience, but I was there with my pals and we had a great time.
0: Easily the best one. Like just without a shadow of a doubt, it was the best podcast I've done. It was the most fun. We had the best content, like all of the planning worked out. It paid off, the work paid off. We did things we'd never done before, and just from a planning perspective, we did two days of rehearsals this time, which was better. Um, in the past, we did like one day of rehearsal, which is not enough. We did like actual, actual rehearsals, which was yeah. good. Like we rehearsed things and tweaked things. Yeah, that we figured out some work. stuff like, on
1: on the day before for sure.
0: I think it came together to make a, just a fantastic show. Like I, I, you know, you never sure. Like I was like, oh, 12 hours that are gonna be lulls, and like I think that. that 12 hours is watchable start to finish and you will have a good time the whole way through. So once it's on our YouTube channel, I recommend if you haven't seen it, like just go and watch it. Like it's a really good time. Like you're you're gonna enjoy yourself. Like we played lots of great games and there were moments of just like there, there we're are, all losing it. Yeah, there,
1: there. Are, I was gonna say there are two or three moments, and I knew they would happen, but you never know when two or three moments when we just kind of all completely lost it, and those are magical moments too. There's, yep. there's a moment in there where we're playing the game where we have to read each other's lips, and mm-hmm. so we're over enunciating, and you, you said some stuff. That was just. Cassie
0: said some stuff. Stuff too. Yeah, we like all we all said it. some stuff. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was some, hilarious. There's just some great moments. I would yeah. say like, this is always like a good time to hang out in the Discord because <laughs> there's now lots of Discord memes, which is good. <laughs> Zach
1: Knox uh, in the chat room says, "Ratatouille." Ratatouille. You won't know it
0: until you see it. Ratatouille. Oh, my Everybody God. knows. Yep. Yeah, it was like I. I, I think this is School coming bus. across now. I feel like I, I realized this <laughs> as I started. My energy is low today. Like, it's it was you know.
1: We're these, recovering still. For yeah.
0: Sure. And I i don't know why, but like I always struggle with these things. Like it hits me really, really hard. Like I I had a couple of moments you know, like I have I have back problems and they're better now than they've ever been, but like there were a couple of points and I was just like, Oh god. Yeah, like I no. couldn't move. Yeah, At we, one point we could, it was yeah, really it rough. There were a couple of moments where you excused but, yourself and yeah. we, well, most of those, it was interesting. I had to keep leaving to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Nobody else did that, and I find that very strange. Like, I would sometimes would be like, I don't know, in, in halfway through a thing, like I need to leave the set now. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I noticed. <laughs> that.
1: I um, I made a point of going to the bathroom literally every time I exited the studio. That
0: me too. I was I was drinking an incredible amount of coffee. Okay, though. that must be it. Like I had this that big blue like yeah, yeti kind of thing yeah. that was constantly being refilled oh
1: right they, they they at one point they brought in a Starbucks order from you and it was two venti iced which, coffees which was
0: that I had three venti iced lattes <laughs> so I didn't need my t- I made a joke about 12 red Bulls, one every hour I think I made, that was a joke something I said on Connected a couple of weeks ago but no I just I was just going the whole time and it, it kept me going sure but yeah I just had like a couple of moments so I didn't hurt myself which was good I was worried that that could happen because that happens um but I was just like feeling a breakdown after. Like, it was like hour six and then hour like 12. Right. So You're just on ibuprofen and, and I was yeah. good to go. Yeah. But yeah, I, there was a moment where I was like, I need to go sit down for a little so bit. So we
1: got a little, little hangover a little, uh, yes. going on from all felt of that. felt very
0: hungover yesterday. Yeah. We went to a baseball game, which was good fun. We did. Um. And now we're back.
1: We're back. This is, uh, it's a Sunday. We're recording up, right? on Sunday, by the way. Yes. This won't
0: we'll come out on Sunday, but we're recording right. on Sunday. Just so you know. So So if anything happens in the next 24 hours, don't blame us. Don't blame us, no. stjude.org slash relay. I have some uh, some of your favorite follow-up, Follow is more GM follow-up. Oh, I boy. You love...
1: How will General Motors Corporation make me angry Every today? Every
0: time I see a story about GM, I think about you. Thank you. So GM have hired more ex-members of Apple's services team for its in-car entertainment division. Oh, good. This comes from Zach Hall at 9to5Mac. Friend of the show. David Richardson, GM's new vice president of software and services. Prior to being hired by GM, Richardson worked at Apple for nearly 12 years. His last role at Apple was Director of Engineering for Apple's cloud infrastructure. Mm. And also, Baris Satinok, who previously worked at Apple for nine years until 2021. During his time at Apple, Satinok worked as a Senior Director over Product Management and Marketing for iCloud, Apple Pay, and other digital services. They join Mike Abbott, who left Apple for GM a few months ago to head up the whole project. So he's clearly bringing his lieutenants, it would yes. seem.
1: Yeah. This is fascinating, right? Because as weird as it is to think of Apple as a hardware, software, and services company, um, so the argument here is, well, you know, it's not unreasonable. GM... Is a company that also sells products like Apple does, mm-hmm. and they want to get into services. Mm-hmm. On a pure business standpoint, makes I, sense. I get it. Yep. The problem I have, and look, maybe I'm sure these people aren't dumb. I'm sure they've got a plan. My problem with it is And stock. If, if you go if I go back to the CarPlay decision, mm-hmm. it's partially a this fantasy that. GM will be at the center of your life and it is a fantasy because the difference between your General Motors automobile and your iPhone is that your iPhone is at the center of your life and with you all the time and your General Motors automobile, Mm -hmm. with very specific exceptions, if you're a Lyft driver, I guess, or you, you know, whatever, like it's not at the center of your life. You leave it. And do other things. And and that's the problem I have with this is like, I don't dispute that there aren't things the GM could offer as services that could be valuable, but I'm a little bit baffled about how you make the leap unless it's, I mean, I could start to think about like partnerships or things like that, but like really the fact is we don't live in a world where your car is at the center of your life. We live at the world where the smartphone is at the center of your life. And it feels to me like they're trying to, say we want to be like Apple and like you can't you you just you don't I don't want to say don't even try but what I want to say is know where you fit in people's lives and yep. by spurning CarPlay, I feel like they don't know because that is the that is the, like the root of all of this is no no your car is more important than your phone yep. and I'm sorry it's ne- it's never more important than your phone this, is,
0: this is always thing I talk about this a lot from a different... You made me mad again. What happened? General Motors! I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, (laughs) This is like a thing that I think about a lot when it comes to like the app store where there's like a... uh, Not necessarily like a delusion of grandeur, but just like an idea of grandeur, right? Where every big company believes that they are the most important. Exactly. And, And like sometimes I cited that idea of like, who are Apple to tell Facebook what to do, right? Like, why can't, why does one get to tell the other what to do? Why can't they both tell each other what to do? Why can't they both just do whatever they want to do? Right. And this is GM saying, no one tells us what to do yes. in our car. Right. And like, I want to I understand that. Totally. But I don't, and I understand that when, and I agree with that when it also can benefit the customer. But as of right now, it seems like it can't maybe they make the best in-car entertainment system ever known to man, mm-hmm. maybe. And then we can all say, well, they were right to do it. But it just doesn't seem like that could be possible
1: right. because of what
0: you're explaining. Of like, in-car entertainment now connects to our phones. Mm-hmm. But like, I know it annoys, Like, I know that like Tesla owners and Rivian owners are frustrated about the fact that it doesn't use CarPlay. But it's not like because it's bad they would just like it cuz it would be easier but right. everything i've seen is like oh people like like what they make right like
1: yeah the challenge is integration with services which yeah. is why i have so much pause when i see this because there are a couple ways that this goes one way is they say well we work with podcasts but only with this podcast partner or these po- only with spotify so listen to Spotify, and if you don't use Spotify for podcasts or music, is the other example here? And music
0: is happening all the time, then, right? Then like you're different ca- cars have different partnerships right. or different services, right? And but Apple not all is, of them.
1: has been more aggressive with that. Like yeah. Tesla now does both Spotify and Apple well, Music it. when it okay. didn't used to, but. So that's part of the danger is like there's an app you care about. There's something that you really care about and your car is like nope. <laughs> the use and and it's and it's your car saying for you to use me you need to change how you live your life everywhere. Because you need to change the services that or are on like, your phone.
0: Do the manual bluetooth connection drain right. your phone battery like which is not great. which is not Normal. as good. We've moved past that now. Right. So so
1: that's that's part of it that concerns me. And the other way that this could go that concerns me a little bit is, do they have the fantasy that like, well, but what we're going to do is we're going to start our own music service, you see. And then what you'll do is you just won't subscribe to Spotify or Apple Music anymore. You'll take your GM music with you when you leave your car, which as we know is the center of your life, and use the GM music app on your phone to listen to music. Oh, I'm God, grooving I mean, with GM now, everybody. <laughs> grooving woo. music. Yeah. Yeah, Groovin' Music, GM, G- from GM.
0: And then you could get like Good Media, which would be the television app. Yeah, uh-huh. You, know? you just keep doing that yeah. down the-, the thing that surprises me about this, I think, is like all these people are leaving Apple. To- so there is a vision, right? Somebody yes. has a vision because all these people are leaving Apple to go to GM. And it's not like I'm saying Apple's the best company ever, but like if this is the work that you do, if you And if you care about this work, you're doing really big, important, interesting work at Apple. Maybe they want a smaller team. Maybe they want, you know, I, I don't know. But it's just very intriguing to me that not just one person left. Now this one person is able to, I'm assuming, entice other people that they have worked with to come over to GM.
1: I mean, maybe they want to build something new. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's interesting. Maybe, maybe they're cool. getting paid more. Maybe they're working in a you know place with a lower cost of living. Maybe they just want to build something new, and that this is an exciting idea to reformulate what because that's the a big ca- thing, future right? of the car. That, is. Like yeah. I'm
0: assuming these people are leaving California and going to Michigan to do this, right? You I assume, assume so.
1: I mean, they might have a they, they might have, have a California a office, California office, I don't which know.
0: again, like that, see, that's the thing. Like if GM had set up like a place in California to do this, I'd be like. Because right, that would just be an interesting choice of like, they're serious, you know, but who knows? We're going to keep following this uh, as it goes on. And your favorite GM entertainment system.
1: Yeah. We have to come up with whatever we're going to be. Well, this
0: yeah. is, I guess, this is upshift.
1: Yeah. I guess this is upshift. We welcome. We just backed into it, huh?
0: huh? I've just beep, changed. Beep, beep, Upshift. I've just, just changed. If you lo- saw in your podcast player that this was always upshift that's we've retroactively we went back in time we, we retroactively changed it to the upshift chapter. Yeah.
1: So I again, I would love and this will probably happen at some point. I really would love to know what GM legitimately thinks about the future of services on their cars because the other thing I want to say here is that it's not all about CarPlay. Like I feel I feel pretty strongly that if they if this is really a great strategy, they should welcome CarPlay. They should just allow CarPlay because what they will say is you won't need it. You won't want it our stuff is going to be better. But what it feels like they're doing is trapping you. Yeah. And I don't like that and and um I don't know if this was it would like this at the bank. But I have I have been in and around enough big corporations to know that sometimes big corporations behave as if the thing that they're doing is rational. Because culturally, or because of the leader in charge, even if even if individual employees know it's not, this is what the company is going to do. Yeah, And I just get a big whiff of that from GM here, is that this is a big swing that they've said they're going to do, and all of us are sort of down here going, wait a second, do you really think – and I think you get that tunnel vision sometimes too – um, when you're literally driving a GM car well, look, through a tunnel if you that are, it's all about you. And it's not all about
0: you. If you are a car manufacturer right. in 2023, you are looking down the barrel of all cars are the same, right? You've got electric, changes the way a car feels. right, it's And it much makes more of a cars commodity. feel much more alike. Then you've got in-car entertainment systems. They're all by Apple or Google. Removes the personality you, of the car, like you can't differentiate. There your are, car. Or, and I know you've. There are so many more things, but these are two things that historically were different. And like, it's interesting to me that Ford. Has gone so far into CarPlay because Ford, I feel like, were first in like trying to really like with that Ford Sync thing, mm, really right, trying Microsoft. to differentiate themselves.
1: Maybe they learned their lesson. They,
0: I think, they did because I think they started so early that I think they realized people don't like that kind of stuff. But that's what I feel like. I could imagine some longtime car executives being like, "No, we must plant our flags and say why we are different, and we can, and what, and so we cannot lose." the in car because they think that that's not as important where they know there's nothing they can do about electric.
1: Right, I get the strategy. I just think that it comes from a place that's sort not of a delusional. It's not a good one because they've already lost it. Yeah, They're not, not the center one. of people's world.
0: They have to find. You have to best, find new ways yeah. to differentiate.
1: Right, best product is the one that does the best at integrating with yeah. the rest of your life digitally and has the best in car experience. It's, it's as the things some, that
0: should matter is the like, comfort of the car, the way right. that it looks. Right, like these are the things that should matter. the, the uh, what you get for your money. -hmm. And like this is where companies like I think Hyundai are having a great time right now because and Kia because they're making good-looking electric cars that are decent priced with a lot of stuff inside and it's shooting them up because they're realizing well that's how we'll differentiate. I don't know. This is no car podcast. What do we know?
1: It's a hard thing. Yeah, I'm sure Sam Abu Elsamid will write in. Well, just like a bunch of listeners, Uh, Steve and and Casey, they're all just
0: like, what are they doing over
1: here? Yeah, but right, that that's the. I think that is the conundrum and, it, and it's the idea that you now have a mobile device that's at the center of everybody's lives and it's not the car, it is the phone and that any service that they could try to monetize that isn't based on very specific in-car data is something that the phone's going to do better. Mm-hmm. So what? how do you differentiate? And two ways are build a wall <laughs> or differentiate on the places where you can and leave the rest of it alone. I think with electric cars, as an owner of electric cars, I think that, you know, you can control some things about your electric car driving experience and your charging and your battery state and all of that. I think that that would be where I'd be the most afraid is I would be afraid of letting Apple and Google control that whole part of the interface too. Right. And say, you know, where's my next charger and am I going to start preparing my car for the charging and all of those sort of things. The real time driving is a place where they can differentiate. There are a lot of other places they can differentiate. But, you know, I, I think the, the world is full of businesses who tried to fight against the inevitable shift toward yeah their thing not being as exclusive as it was. And I don't think any of them won.
0: I'm sure we'll be coming back to this now (laughs) in future episodes for a little bit. For sure. This episode is brought to you by Factor. With the busy fall season already fully in swing, you're going to be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to be saving time, eating well, and staying on track with your healthy lifestyle, all because of Factor. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes and you have more than thirty four flavor packed options to choose from every week. So it's not just like the food is being delivered to you, it's being delivered to you in a state that is basically ready, right, Jason? Like you just you just throw it in the microwave in some instances. Yeah, I mean you can heat it up
1: in an oven if you want to, or you can just microwave it for three minutes and it's ready. Yeah, which is fantastic. That's
0: convenient and high quality. I know you've spoken on the show before about like the ingredient quality is good like and it's better than the kind of stuff that you would find in its class exactly
1: right it's it's uh i was anytime something comes to in a box to my house i'm a little like okay is this going to be any good and all the ingredients were uh, very high quality that was the thing that really jumped out at me
0: and you can also level up get something extra special with the gourmet plus options that are prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time so you can treat yourself to some upscale premium meals with ingredients like broccolini leeks truffle butter an asparagus, I must be a fancy boy because I like the sound of all those ingredients. Plus, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go, Factor's effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers with no microwave required. Then to finish your order, choose from 45 add-ons including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar, egg bites, and smoothies. And you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Choose your meals and eat fresh. It's so simple, with their flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormealscom upgrade50 and use the code UPGRADE50 to get 50% off your first box. That's UPGRADE50, that's UPGRADE50 at factormealscom slash UPGRADE50 to get 50% off your first box. A thanks to Factor for their support of this show and Relay FM. So you wouldn't know it, considering we spoke about GM for twenty minutes, but it's a new iPhone time. It is. So we've got iPhones. You got iPhones. I have an iPhone. What do you have? All of them. Okay, so you have one of everything, right? I have one of everything. What do you? From my review. What are you using most though?
1: Well, I mean, I literally got it here in Memphis on so third, I- Friday on Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night. So I migrated my 14 Pro to mm-hmm. the 15 Pro mm-hmm. just to have that as my in-pocket like for like. experience for the for the weekend, basically. And then I have one uh, <laughs> in a box getting re- that didn't get delivered to my house
0: that I have because I wasn't there yep. that I have to go back to. I have the iPhone 15 Pro Max, which I bought here. Um, and I mostly migrated... So I did the device-to-device transfer. It went way better for me this time than last time. I have a to-do list of things that I need to check. It's most like anything test flight-related gets all messed up, right? And I have to sign into some stuff. But by and large, things have gone well. They're working well. The only thing that I've not been able to do yet, which I say is actually quite an important thing, uh, I've not been able to move my eSIM over. And I think the reason is because it can't connect to my carrier network. Right, because I'm here, my carrier is in the United Kingdom, and so when it's doing the activating part, like it's it's like connecting to your network, I'm like, oh, you're not gonna be able to do that because I'm roaming, so it can't. That's what I'm expecting is the case, uh, but I'll take care of it when I get home. I did it last year, uh, and I'll do it again this year because we're still in the UK. It's not the all eSIM thing, so you can use an eSIM, but you can also use a regular SIM. Mm -hmm. Where in America they're all eSIM, right? And so last year, I got my physical SIM transferred to an eSIM, but we just need to go eSIM to eSIM. Uh, and maybe I'll just need to do that when I get home. So right now, I've got two phones. I'm trying to use the new phone. And so I'm carrying around in my bag my old phone, which I'm tethering to <laughs> when I'm out of the house. Sure, And course. that's working great. Um, but it's new phone time, so i got to talk about new phones. So yeah. obviously, I'm on 15 Pro Max, natural titanium. Looks good. It looks real good Mm -hmm. like i miss gold i I know but i also got my apple watch ultra which i can talk about later on in the show pretty good match they They look pretty good together and so that's the consolation for me um and i feel like i saw yours that you have the blue right i have a the pro max in blue pro max in blue and i can see a bit more of the like brushed look on the natural than on on the blue. Yeah. Uh, I do still wish there was a little bit more of that visibly uh, in texture. it. Yeah. I just think it I I don't need to feel it, but I would like to see a bit more of it. But it's still there and I think it's a good match. And I, I actually do quite like the the finish on the back. I think the grey is is different and I like that.
1: Yeah, I'm never going to get super enthusiastic about the gray, but I do mm-hmm. think that the natural is a much nicer look than I really thought it would be seeing it in on multiple phones since I've been here. I think it's a really nice look. Um, for the record, the blue titanium is, I would say, not as close a match to the midnight MacBook Air as I thought it was. It's just not quite right. Okay. It's, it's a little lighter, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bluer. Um, It's actually a color closer to what I wish the Midnight MacBook Air was, but it's not. Okay. Um, And then I think the black is just going to be like straight up, um, you know, it's that same color, but without the blue Mm -hmm. highlight. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And I've always leaned toward the darker phone anyway. I kind of like the dark phone, but I will say that the natural titanium frame and the gray back and that the the glass color... It's really, really nice. It's an interesting it's, look. It is, yeah.
0: We got at the end of the blue, Pro. She just doesn't want a black, black grey or white phone. So mm-hmm. she always, whatever the color is, just give me the. Color. She'll just go for that. So she has a blue, and she's and they're actually not too. She has a blue, thirteen, and like she put them. They're not massively different to each other. So for her, it's great. She just puts a case on it anyway. And I know that for a lot of people, this is like a moot point. I right. don't put a case on my phone. I don't phone. put a case on my phone. So I either. like, I, I want it to have a look. So it
1: feels really great in the hand. It is so much lighter. Yep. Um, we got to see, you know, you guys took your phones out of the boxes, and I, I got to hand you a Pro Max even before that. And you did the same reaction I did, which is say,
0: oh. It's light. It's light. It's light. It, I don't really know what I was expecting exactly, um, but it is a big difference. Uh, the Pro Max, especially you you pick it up and you know i've been i've been using both of them as i've been doing the transfers and like just handling one after another it is a significant difference like i do feel like for people on the fence this could be the crossover year for a lot of people because i think if you go to an apple store and pick one up you'll be really surprised and of course you're still dealing with the physical size but oh. it's it's easier to handle
1: although even the physical size is a little bit smaller than a was. i know i could notice that it's noticeable uh, i I got an admission to make for okay. you, which is, you know, me, Mini Phone Club, mm-hmm. and I've been using a 14 Pro. I picked up the 15 Pro Max and I thought, you know, this isn't that bad.
0: It's not that bad. Do you know what, Jason? It's actually not bad. It's good. <laughs> well, it doesn't need to be bad at all. It can just be good, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's very good. Mm-hmm. And I have been surprised actually by the feeling of the smoother edges. It it does feel different, and I would say without looking too different, because I like the look. I like the boxy look, and I feel like they've done a good job there of still kind of retaining the design.
1: It does sort of feel like that. I know this isn't technically what happened, but it feels like um, sanding down the edges of a piece of wood. Everything is just a little bit smoother
0: around the edges than it was before. One of the big reasons that people are interested about the Pro Max, especially, is the camera. What do you think of the camera system in this phone?
1: I took some pictures. I posted some on Mastodon. I posted my first, actually, on Mastodon um, out the hotel window down yep. to the street. And, like, first off, I should say, the camera system on these phones is very impressive. Yep. The 3X on the Pro is very impressive. The image stabilization is very impressive. The 5X, though, like, it's a lot, and there is a gap between 2X and 5X where you're sort of digitally zooming into the 2X instead. But if you want to go for distance, like, a thing I do from time to time is try to zoom in on something and take a picture, and then zoom in on that in the Photos app so I can read, like, what that thing is that's far away. Like, I did this at the baseball game last night where I got up to the counter and they were serving the person in front of me, and there was a refrigerator in the back of the bar that had these cans partially turned away of beer. And I was like, what beer do they, What beers do they have? Yeah, was and good. I zoomed in yeah. and took a picture and zoomed in and literally was able to read the cans to figure out what beer I wanted. I got the peanut and banana porter that's uh, made in honor of Elvis. You got me a Shiner And I did get you a Shiner box. Well, I got Appreciate a Shiner Bock you. for the group. And, and I took the, it. You took it. So it was for you, retroactively. Mm-hmm. So... um So that part of the 5X is also kind of mind-blowing because I was so far away from some stuff and you could like read the stuff in the window. Like really just very impressive if you're trying to do telephoto photography.
0: Like I haven't had as much experience with it yet with the system um, of my own. I've just been kind of playing around with it. The thing that I am most shocked by is the image clarity at the 5X. It, to me, looks as good as the 1X. Like, the sharpness of the image, the color, the overall clarity of the image is great. I didn't necessarily think it wouldn't be, but I didn't expect it to be if I think about, like, the introduction of the other lens types, that Apple's number four. The ultra-wide was never as good as the main. The telephoto was never good as the main. And they came, they leveled up over time to make a more like stable and steady look across all of the lenses and i think for first out of the gate with the tetra prism mm. telephoto oh, lens yes. i think that they've they appear to me at least to have done a very good job with admittedly like six photos that i've taken like this is a much longer period of time thing um and there's other stuff that i'm um, intrigued to see you know, what I'm hoping for is something I don't think will happen, which will be that the macro lens turns on less. But I just think that the gate is like the the the, the barn door is open on that one. The horse is bolted. Like if I want the 48 megapixel lens, the focal distance is is not. going to be the same. Um, I'm intrigued to play around with the focal length change stuff a bit more. Like I've I've pressed the button and watched it change from like what's like 24 to 28 to 35. But I don't really fully understand yet what I will get out of that, but I want to learn.
1: I think the way, and I I asked Apple about this, I think the way it works is essentially between 1X and 2X, those stops are to give you the equivalent focal length. Yeah. But what they've really built in is not, because what I asked them is, is there anything special about those stops? And my impression is, there isn't. That Apple's what do they call it? Photonic engine, the pipeline, the image pipeline between 1x and 2x, which is so between taking all 48 megapixels as the source or taking zooming into the middle 24 megapixels of the source. Um, or 12 megapixels of the source. Anyway, in, in that on that 48 megapixel sensor, they are at every stop along the way processing with what they said, which is they're grabbing the 48 and they're grabbing the bin, and they're doing a bunch of processing and they're putting it together and they're outputting a 24 megapixel image. So um, essentially those things are affordances for people who are comfortable with those sort of like stops because it feels better to say 35 millimeter than it is to say 1.5 or whatever, but that they're processing it everywhere along the way between 1X and 2X. Through that image pipeline, and that's one of the ways that they can get a much better quality image out at 24 megapixels.
0: I'm just happy to get the 24 megapixels. Like I was just sitting and taking some photos of you because I was like pressing the little buttons to see what happens at one x. The images look really good. Color is good. Like the we got good lighting in here, but just overall the detail is very good. It's like this is a thing that I am excited to spend more time doing. Like mm-hmm. just to see like how good is this 24 megapixel stuff, but. I like that these focal length things exist. If anything, just to maybe help me frame an image a little bit differently, easily. Um, so I'm going to play around with it. Like, I'm going to see what it does. One of these Im- these images that I just took of you, it did the automatic, like, hey, could this be a portrait thing, which is, which is fun. Mm. So that just popped up there. Because I am a person and or dog or cat. Yeah. So like, it's just next to where you have the options for the live photo. They just sit right there. Mm-hmm. So I have in the same menu live options and portrait options. I think that's a really good way of doing it. That's nice. That's the and first time if I'd you edit, that. you
1: can actually change the focal distance and everything. Yeah,
0: which I would do because I, I always like to bump it down a little bit. Although this is a very good this is a very good portrait image of you, I will say. So there we go. Yeah. While doing a podcast. So I mean, you know, this is the thing, right? Like This 5X lens, it's going to tell the story of the Pro Max, I think. The the way that people react to it in the short and medium term is going to just further push which is the most popular of these devices. And, you know, we spoke about it. It seems like so far the Pro Max is selling really well. And I expect that that's pretty similar at the beginning because it's like the biggest most phone, which I assume sells its best earlier. Maybe so. And then, you know, maybe it, the mix gets a little different over time. But I'm expecting that if the story continues to be told of like, hey, this is a really cool camera system, that maybe it shifts the Pro Max to become even more popular this time. And I think that would then more likely inform in the next couple of years iPhone, iPhone Pro, iPhone Pro Max, iPhone Ultra. Just if mm. if the big one continues to get a bigger slice of the pie, what more can you do to push up the price? Because I do not expect personally that the plus the fifteen plus is going to really make much ground this year, and I think that's going to be like maybe made even worse by the fact that the other big phone is really cool right. and different. I think this is an even harder challenge for the 15+. plus. I know they're in totally different price brackets, but I could imagine if somebody just wants a bigger phone, maybe they'd be more likely to opt for the more expensive one this time than they would have before. And like, you have the Plus. You actually have the Plus in pink, which I, I think is a, which is a good color. You have the yellow in the 15, which mm-hmm. is nothing. It is no color. It is white. But the pink, I actually think they did a good job on the pink. I like the pink. But it just strikes me, and it's the same as when I went to the store and I saw the Plus there. It's just like, that is a weird, ugly, duckling phone to me, in a way.
1: Well, I do wonder if Apple is looking at its sales figures and there are certain markets where that phone does well,
0: right? I mean, maybe, but they tried the Mini twice and then took it away. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that whenever they make these decisions, I don't think that they reverse them after a year. You know, No,
1: it would be, the question is, what are the sales figures from last year? Right, there's no, you're right. The existence of that phone this year, I think, means means nothing. nothing. Because the Mini, we knew when the 14 Mini came out, 13 Mini came out, that it was gone already. That that was going to be the end because of the sales figures for the 12 Mini. So 14 Plus has sort of told the tale about the fate of the Mm -hmm. Plus phone. But I wonder if it exists, because you're right, it does seem weird, but I do wonder if there are markets where that are, that are more inclined sure. for a big phone and are more price sensitive where the plus makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that it doesn't make sense.
0: The thing that I, was, I agree with you, but the thing on that is that is the exact same story we're saying about the Mini.
1: Yeah.
0: There are markets that are more price sensitive and that was the cheapest one, right? Yeah. And Didn't people work. want a smaller phone. Like this is a story we hear all the time, but it turns out, obviously not because yeah. Apple got rid of it like there are of course people that care about both of those things but obviously not in the numbers that made it a sensible phone to continue so I am now on full on the train of ultra and I I already can tell you one of the features I want from the ultra I want mm-hmm. a fourth lens okay so like my hope would be that with you know the the next time they can update this tetra prism maybe they can get it to six seven eight times. And then put like a three time telephoto in there.
1: I'll um, while we're inventing a product, for Please. Apple that they probably already invented two years I ago. Hope so. Um, new camera bump that is a terrace that goes across the phone,
0: like the Pixel.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which not only would fit potentially your fourth lens, but spreads the lenses out so that you can place two good lenses on either side. So that you can get better stereo separation for stereo so, so capture, make
0: even better, like next generation Vision Pro images and photos, right? Maybe that would be a bold design change, right? To go to do something like that, but, but if
1: you're gonna have an Apple fo- or an iPhone Ultra, do it. Maybe that's where you make those kind of bold changes, yep. or or down the side or whatever. But like if you had oh, them, the if you had a more in line, mm. um. That gives you the stereo separation too. I wouldn't mind too. that,
0: like that whole top part just go the whole way across, you know, and put a bunch of lenses in on the top, something like that as a new design. But
1: I mean, then you are shooting vertically, and they would have to address that. But um, I don't know.
0: I mean, it's yes, but it's better than these two next to each other, right? The the, the yeah. ones that we currently have, which apparently can do this spatial video. Right. So, like, if the two that are one on top of the other can do it, if there is one on one corner and one on the other corner, it's surely going to be better. You would think. You would think. Do you have any more to say on the hardware, the camera, or the design, the colors, that kind of stuff?
1: Well, so when we talked, I had already tried them at the hands on. I don't know if I have a whole lot to say there. Um, I continue to be kind of disappointed by the color. I thought your perspective on the pink was really good. Um, it sounds like, I, I don't know the green, but Lauren's getting the green, so we'll see. Um, people who've gotten the blue or seen the blue say that it's essentially white. I think
0: blue and yellow and yellow from the is essentially seen, white. Are just like you could probably mistake them. Like that, it's a very subtle. odd, very except,
1: odd. Except for on the camera, which looks so
0: good, and it made me like, oh, do it to the whole thing. Right? Like what, how, whatever the the makeup was to get the really like uh, saturated color in the camera bump, the whole phone should be that color. They were so close. Yeah. Maybe they just need to double the thickness of the glass. Yeah, that, that'll, solve, that'll it. solve it. That'll solve it. That'll solve it. So I appreciate that,
1: especially since, as some people know, I, you know, it is a subtle pink, mm-hmm. and I can't see that. So that didn't that didn't help me any. So thank you for that. The, the pink is off of that list. Well, one is, of the things is people off of say that list.
0: is that the colors don't matter because you put them in a case.
1: I get it. And the camera bump is the part with the best color, yep. and that's the part you can see. You can
0: see. I mean, on to cases though, let's talk about fine woven. I would say mm. that the dawn has been blowing up over fine woven. yeah, if you're on the dawn the,
1: the socials.
0: Now this is really interesting to me to chart the way this has gone because the majority of hands-on time that I heard from people at Apple Park was saying feels nice, seems interesting, or like didn't really have a massive opinion on it. And then as time has gone on, more people are getting it. And I think the more people are using it in their lives, it's starting to tell a different story. Mm -hmm. And I was very dubious the whole time of what Apple were going to do and then what they showed off because we spoke about it like a a lot of uh, leather replacements can be bad for the environment in their own ways because they're rubbers or plastics, which can be hard to make. Um, And it felt like Apple was leaning into more the environmental part than the animal rights part of leather, because they actually didn't mention that at all.
1: Right, because they could say, well, we're improving things. We decided we don't want to use animals in our products anymore. And so we're we're going away from... Uh, and cows are very bad for the environment, so we're going to go away from that and replace it with vegan leather. And then they know that they're going to get truth detected immediately and it's going to be like, aha, but that's plastic and you're ruining the environment. So they're like, forget over it, it. Forget they it. were
0: just like, we've done yeah. this because it's better for the environment. And maybe the way that they make the fine woven cases is just like manufacturally better for the environment maybe. or whatever. But when I first felt one, so Stephen had one and I, and I tried it out last week, to me, it felt like paper. Like, And I've experienced right. papers, like high-end luxury papers that feel like the fine woven texture. And I think just over the last week, like people are turning against it. Like that it, it, it doesn't, it does not feel like a $60 case. That's the thing that I bugs me. I
1: agree with you. I was holding it because it's on a couple of my review phones and moving my finger along the back of it, and it's just got this... It's fuzzy, and it's got this voo, voo, voo kind of uh, texture on it as you go. Yeah. And like I see what they're going for. It's not my
0: preferred choice. I would choice. Like to know what it's made of. Because I think they should have gone with fabric, like an actual fabric, which fine-woven in the name you would assume is... But I think it's some kind of recycled material which is being turned into a thread and and, and woven together. Mm -hmm. But like Stephen has one of those peak design cases and they have a fabric that almost feels like their backpack fabric. And that just feels nicer. There's a little padding to it. It makes it soft to hold and it's nice. But like the fine woven is like, no, we're going to make. An iPhone case like we currently make them, but out of this different material, and like the edge of it feels cheap to me. Yeah, like I, it feels like they press it in a certain way, maybe apply heat or something, to to make this kind of like again, it feels like a kind of rubbery plastic feel. Mm-hmm. But the edges then don't. There's not like a nice connection. I feel like on the, on the sides. It is it a bad case? I don't know. I think it is a bad replacement for the most expensive case. I recommend to everybody that wants an Apple case, I used silicone cases forever. I like the silicone case. I think it's good. The colors are good. Like the colors are actually good in the Mm -hmm. silicone cases. That would be my recommendation. But if you are a leather phone case company, you are rolling in it right now. Like the nomads and Belroys of the world, they're just having a great time. So
1: couple of things here. One is, I recommend, I thought you were going to go down this route and you didn't, but I'm going to I recommend that if you ordered a fine woven accessory and haven't gotten it yet, if there's any opportunity for you to try it, like touch it from like a friend's case or go to the Apple store, consider doing that because i'm gonna just throw out the alert i think a lot of people are going to be dissatisfied and it would certainly be easier i don't know what their return policy is for iphone cases but like certainly a lot easier if you just never even open the box um because you may be disappointed again everybody's gonna have their opinions. i'm sure there are people out there are like oh no i like it They're like okay right but i think we need to shine the bat signal here that's like yep. this is not great I don't like I it fix either. It, have
0: a teardown, which I'm currently scrolling through. That someone yeah. put in the chat. I mean, it's an awesome teardown, but it, it it looks like what I expected. It, it is some kind of woven plastic, and they're doing a bunch of things. Like our friend Federico had uh, like stained his last night, and I fix it, are staining it and stuff. Like I agree, this is just not a good. So this is not good. This is this is what brings me to
1: I think my bigger point about where Apple is here is like, look, okay. Apple accessories are more expensive. Why are they more expensive? Because Apple wants a big product, a big price margin. There are a couple of reasons for that. One is they're the only company that can make cases that have the Apple logo on it, and some people want to have an Apple logo on the on their case because they want to show off that it's an iPhone. And if you put it in a case that's not clear, you don't have an Apple logo. Okay, so they got that going for them. Um, they are the original equipment equipment manufacturer, so they know all the specs. Uh, although, truth be told, everybody already knows all the specs and all the other somehow. case makers are on top of it yeah. somehow, right? Okay. But Apple likes making money. And here's the big thing when you buy an iPhone on the Apple Store online or in the Apple Store, you are immediately like, oh, would you like an Apple case? Apple case, Apple case, Apple case. And so. In a scenario where they were offered, you were offered like ten different cases, you might make a different decision. But you're not. You're offered the Apple cases, so you have to go out of your way to say no, 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 Apple, no. I'm going to get my phone from you uh, next Friday, but I'm going to shop around for cases. And where do I do that? I guess on Amazon or whatever. It's so much more
0: convenient. Just to take the what Apple gives and you, because you've got to assume as well, like you said, right? Like any third party case that you're going to buy is is not designed with all the knowledge in mind. Like, I've seen a lot of cases for the pros that have a cutout for the action button. That's not what you want. You want a button in the case. Mm -hmm. Apple did that because they know. They know. So, like, when you're at that checkout screen, you're like, well, I could get the case from X company, but how well is it going to fit? I know the Apple one's going to fit.
1: This is the power of that. Um... And Apple makes these cases. So they make the silicone one, which you have recommended to people. I don't love the silicone one because every time I pull it, put it in or pull it out of my mm-hmm. pocket, it I sticks. Understand. Right? I understand that. I don't like it. It's one of the reasons I just go caseless, but I used to have a leather case. Um, but here's the big one, which is Apple charges a lot for its cases, but they are they bear the stamp of Apple, not just the logo, but of quality. They are the first party. They know their phones backward and forward. And while you always know you're going to pay more for an Apple case than you are for a third-party case, you're getting something out of it. Mm. They are providing, I would say, what is the quintessential Apple thing, which is value for money. You spend a lot of money, but you're going to get something good. Mm -hmm. And what it feels like to me is that whoever, whatever group is in charge of iPhone accessories, it feels like they lost sight of that to me. It feels like this is a case designed to fit in a price point when they had been told due to environmental reasons you can't have leather anymore. Well,
0: I say it's to fit in a price point and a carbon bracket, which I'm not (laughs) saying is a bad thing. It is a good thing, but it is a new constraint of like, you you got to make a case that costs this much to make so we can sell it for this much, but it's also got to be environmentally friendly in these ways.
1: And I think that's the problem. I think the problem is what else could they have done? They could have made a different material that doesn't fit the slot of the leather case, is different but good, and at a different price point. But that's not what it feels like they did. What they were told was make a replacement for the leather case at the leather case price point with our huge margins, but in the carbon envelope. You, you there's just a, you're limited with the materials. We don't want to pollute the planet. We don't want to increase carbon. You got you're limited with your materials. It Go has innovate. To
0: protect and it has to be durable in the ways that it needs to be. And in that context, uh, uh, the people who
1: came up with the fine woven case, this may have been the best they could do. Right. I'm not saying they they botched it. This might actually be the best within those constraints they could do. But it feels to me from the outside looking in that what has happened is that Apple forgot about value for money and they only remembered money. (laughs) And so they've created a case that costs what a high end good because the Apple leather case is good. It, there are other options and you may not like details about it but the apple leather cases were always good and they seem to have made a product where they're like well the price is really what it's about and it's like for the customer that's not it so th- that's why i think that this is a colossal disaster mm. <laughs> in the making is that they lost the plot about why their case why they get to charge what they charge for cases
0: like i was thinking like how much time do i want to dedicate in my podcasting life right now to talking about iPhone cases right because it's like if you know I could I can understand the idea of like it's a the, oh we are we like perpetuating case gate here is like is that what this is but in talking about the colors of the phones I am I I am brought to the realization that an iPhone case is part of the product it is for basically everyone except weirdos like me and me who don't right and like Hi, but, but the, the vast majority of people put in their phone in a case and this is one of the two that apple say for all of the new phones and so like it it is an important story for these reasons and i also think now please listen to me here all right okay i am not making any judgment about this but i think this is going to be an interesting Harbinger might be the word I'm looking Hmm. for, for what carbon neutral product design could be like, that we may have over the next 10 years, some odd spots that will get worked out. Sure. But that this like, because I have one of the new Apple Watch bands that's made from the recycled materials. It looks fantastic. Looks great. But it's stiffer. Hmm. That's not a problem. But I noticed it was different, and it may loosen up over time, and it might. right? But it 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 stuck out to me as like, oh, this is firmer than I'm used right. to. So a point about that, which is, um, I don't
1: know if you remember back in the day, but a while ago, so now Apple and everybody else has jumped on the braided cable mm-hmm. bandwagon, and they're really nice. But there was a moment where Apple was getting—I don't know where's BPA. Apple was getting some very bad chemicals out of their plastics. And where you noticed it most was in their cables because they used to have these cables that were plastic cables, but they were soft and supple. They bent. They moved as you wanted. They were really nice. And what was the chemical that made them soft and supple and nice? A chemical that kills people when yeah. it gets into the environment and gives people terrible diseases. It's bad. I'm like, okay, we got to take that out. Well, guess what? Their cables got, got stiff, te- yeah. stiff and bad, and they broke. Yeah, they broke open. They were less reliable and less pleasant to use. And we've gotten sort of back to the point where cables are we're nice braided. again. Yeah. I, boy, I hope the braided cables don't kill anything. <laughs> please, please, braided cables. Please be nice. <laughs> don't murder. Please
0: don't cancel the braided cable.
1: No. Um, so that that is a thing we went through right where there was an environmental issue and the product got worse and i think you're right to bring this up but like as apple goes toward its 2030 pl- pledge i wonder if part of that's going to be apple getting up on stage and saying they won't say it but the net result will be yeah we know this isn't as good there's just going to be some it's better some, for the world. some rough spots
0: and and i genuinely believe they have the people skill talent resources money and time to iron these things out and we end up in a better place but that there might be a a dip for a while until we get back on the trajectory of products feeling good because this is just a reality of being more sustainable in product design there are different trade-offs and you have to work and find like again like i'm i'm very a big part of my life now is paper product manufacturing right as well as just paying attention to pens and paper for years yeah and as as time has gone on so there's a recycled paper that i'm really interested in right now for something that i hope to be able to bring to market at some point in the future and it is an it the thing that is interesting to me about this paper is it's not full of flax of color which is very normal in recycled paper because you're recycling paper; it's not all the same color. Right. And one of the ways that this was done was bleaching it. It's like, no, that's bad. But the, there's a company that I'm working with, and they have they have a process of making a very good paper, very well, with minimal environmental impact. But it's taken a really long time to work that out. Right. And so, like, that's what I expect. To see more now.
1: And Apple's got, they, they have are, the money and the desire. The time, desire. money,
0: care, resource. They, and they, yeah. they can't, the value add of an iPhone case must be huge. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to get a bad reputation because there are yes. many companies that are very willing to take your business.
1: Well, somebody in our chat, uh, maybe it was Zach, said, uh, yeah, it was Zach said uh, think about apple watch bands i've
0: never bought a third-party apple watch I,
1: band i bought one and it uh, disappointed me i
0: might it was bad now but but here's the but thing i'm worried about what
1: now. if apple were to come out and say well we've replaced all the fine watch bands that you love with new materials that are better for the world well
0: there are fine woven and bands, they, I, I know I'm i know i scared <laughs> i know and i looked at
1: them at the event and i actually thought that they fit better in the context but they were clearly just meant to ape the old product line right yep. so this is the danger is for the apple watch bands or for cases that it's not apple if if they're not perceived as being yeah that you're it's expensive but they're good right it's expensive but they're quality if the perception is it's expensive and you shouldn't buy them because they're not very good mm-hmm. they're just they're just trying to take more money out of you that's when the magic spell collapses yep. and the reputation becomes don't buy the apple stuff only buy the iPhone from Apple, get everything from there. There've always been people who shop and are like, Oh, I can get a deal on a third party thing. And it's a little weird, but it's cheaper. And it's like great specific
0: needs like John Syracuse. Exactly.
1: Right. But the last thing Apple wants, Apple wants its sweet, sweet margins, but it also doesn't want a bad reputation for its products. And that's the, that's the danger. And I I would go, I want to come back to something you said earlier about like, it's funny that we're talking about cases a lot, but so many people put their phones in cases, reminds me of a conversation we had in one of my favorite episodes of upgrade which was something that actually every year apple does a better job with this which is it used to be so painful to move from one iphone to another Mm. so painful and you might think well yeah there are issues this year and there was an os update issue that we didn't even mention that was like annoying and they kind of messed that up and you had to update both your phones and all of that but 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 it's so much better than it was, where it's like hold the phones together and they pair and it knows what your Apple ID is and you take the camera and look at the other camera and it brings things over and it offers you migration. It offers to back up your iCloud. All that stuff didn't used to be there before. And the point of that episode way back when was part, like the day you buy your phone should be the happiest day of the year in some ways, right? It should be like, yay, it's new iPhone day. And instead it's like, oh, it's such a pain to transfer it all over. So... The, the the cases are part of the iPhone upgrade program, right? Yeah. Not the program, but the you know what I mean. It's they are part of the upgrade process, the system, the experience, if you will, right? You get a lousy case, it hurts the iPhone. Because somebody is like, yeah, because a lot of people aren't going to be finicky and they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to send this back and I don't like this. They're going to put it on and it's going to get stained and they're going to not like the feel. And they're going to remember they spent 60 bucks or
0: whatever on it. And they're going to be like, oh, this Apple case. And it,
1: it's going to weigh down the whole product.
0: Episode 56 of Upgrade. The Upgrade program. The migration experience. Oh,
1: yeah. The migration experience. Yeah. that
0: Also good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just as well on that as well. Like Stephen just posted this. We saw him taking the pictures before, while he was helping us set up. It's true. He he on his case on his fine woven case, the USB C cutout is not centered. I put pictures of it. On right, it's not out. just the port on the phone. It's literally the cutout is the, off. The cutout is off center. Quality of the which cutout is just is. like, is that is that the worst thing? No, but it just it just. It's mm. not great. It's no. not great, right? Like not great. again like we were talking you know how the funds are made. And, and this <laughs> yeah. this
1: feels and that's why I keep coming to back back to this being a systemic problem. This feels like a case where parts of Apple say we're going to do this, we're committed and Tim Cook and company are like yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. And then it has this unexpected trickle down to this other area where they're like, uh, what? We can't do leather anymore? Seriously, I remember Matthew Panzerino at TechCrunch writing a few years ago about how Apple has some of the best leather people in the business. Well, they're all gone, right? They're, they've been dismissed because they're, they're out of that business. They used yep. to make leather sleeves for iPads and MacBooks and stuff. It's all oh, as luxury yeah, goods, and that they're was really so nice. good. All gone.
0: I always wanted one, but just like had no reason to own it.
1: <laughs> Occasionally, they would randomly send me one
0: along with a yeah.
1: laptop review, and I'd be like, "Why?" I remember the first Why? one. Time, the
0: first time they, they did them, that it was like with the iPad Air something, or yeah. like the iPad. No, I think it was like the 11 inch iPad Pro or something. And Federico got a review in it, and they gave him one, and it had like the thing for the, for pencil, the pencil. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh,
1: look at it!" It's so good. Yeah, it's so anyway, they got they got all those people were dismissed, and they had. You know, It came to them, and they're like, geez, what are we going to do? Which we said before. That's what it feels like. It feels like this is a thing where the decision was made at a high level. The assumption was made that everything was going to follow in, and fall in place, and everybody was brilliant at Apple, and they're going to figure it out. And what these people did was come up with the best solution they could and pitch it and be like, sell, 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 fine woven, rich Corinthian leather, but not leather, <laughs> fine woven <laughs> fabric, yeah. and, uh, and nobody... Either nobody said the Emperor had no clothes, or they did, and, and they were like, well, too bad. Sometimes just nothing you can do about it's it. It's just not... Right. The train is already on the track. This is what we're going to get. Um, but the we'll see. And, and we don't know how quickly they can change their strategy, but... Um, and maybe you know, maybe the general public just doesn't care, but I am skeptical of that because we can always argue, oh, you tech nerds obsess about this stuff. And it, it's like, I don't know. I think regular people really care about their iPhones, and I think they really care about their iPhone cases. Mm-hmm. And if their iPhone case is crappy, doesn't feel right, gets stained, gets scratched,
0: the, and doesn't I, I'll turn I'll into a beautiful thing. Leather scratches. Like, yeah, but I'm leather, people leather about scratches scratching.
1: and then is beautiful,
0: right? All right. No, I agree with that. I mean, if it scratch, yeah.
1: if if fine woven scratches and ends up with a beautiful patina, fine. I will, I will yeah. concede that. I doubt it.
0: But yeah, you you're probably right but like you know oh, yeah, I've scratched, I've scratched iphone cases on good. on
1: week one but after about six months they are all just yeah. sort of like soft and the fact and that they scratch
0: isn't a problem it, you're right it's the way it looks when that happens yeah. over time and how that's gonna
1: that's look. that's the those are all the dangers here and and you know i am sure that within apple there's a red light going yeah. off somewhere
0: i mentioned USB C with steven's case it felt so weird to plug a USB-C cable into my phone right. when I did it the first time. Like, this just feels too big and it's weird and all odd. The,
1: all our mental um, processes for how we do this yep. stuff, you don't think about it and then you, re- you can actually feel your brain like deprogramming. Yeah, because the cables
0: it. are just thicker, right? Like the connector of a USB-C, right? So it's just like the, the, the feeling of plugging... Like the cable I was holding when I plugged yeah. it, it just felt strange. It's different. I had a,
1: um. so I brought my other
0: phone because I travel with it because
1: I got the, mm-hmm. I got my review units here in mm-hmm. Memphis. And um, I had a moment where I looked on the floor today in the hotel room and I was like, oh, there's one cable down on the floor. What is that? Lightning. I was Don't like, oh, that. it's the moment. It's it's the moment where I look at a lightning cable and go, oh, it's useless to me. I mean, it won't be useless at home because I still have some lightning stuff. But yeah, oh yeah, and I did I did charge my AirPods the other day in it, but still I had that moment of like, oh, you're old now, you're 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 the past. I don't want you. You're anymore. fading into into irrelevance now. That little cable down there on the floor.
0: What have you got on your action button?
1: I I had put Do Not Disturb on there, and I realized I'm never going to use that. Okay. Right now I have camera which I know everybody's like, oh, but you could swipe. It's like, I always try to swipe and I swipe the wrong direction. I try to tap and hold on the camera button and I, I it, it doesn't work for me. Um, so right now I've got camera. I think in the long run, I'll probably have shortcuts.
0: I just tried because I know if you have the camera on the action button, you can then use the action button to take photos. Yeah,
1: so you leave your finger there.
0: But you can't do that. If you don't have camera. Yeah, it's only when it's a uh, camera but on you the can action use button. I mean, I know you can use the volume buttons and that's yeah, but it is nice. I do like that idea of like press it and then you just like you're just taking photos. Yeah, because
1: yeah, the idea there is you build up muscle memory where you take yeah. your phone out and you press and hold and it launches the camera and then you go click, 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 and mm. it's all just I might give oriented.
0: that a go. At the moment, I have a shortcut there. This was Federico's idea to add an item to Todoist. Mm-hmm. Because he said is like, what's great about the Mac is you can just have a keyboard shortcut, bring up an, an entry bar for any to-do app that you want. You can't do that on the iPhone. You can do it with a shortcut, but the idea of it being a physical key is interesting. So I've set that up. I'm going to see how that feels. Yeah. And I've put, um, we're going to talk about Ultra, Ultra in a minute. I put do not disturb on that action button. Because that made sense to me of like, if I'm getting a bunch of notifications... I just squeeze the watch and they'll go away on all my devices for an hour or whatever, which I think is what I'm going to set it to do. But the action button is interesting. I, I don't like that I have the little mute icon. Icon in the bar, yeah, I don't Why like that Why is that there? I don't need it there.
1: I don't. I agree.
0: I don't need it
1: there. Yeah, because it's right next to the
0: clock. It's there all I the don't, time. I don't. Now. I don't like it. I didn't need that before. Why right. do I need it now? Mm-hmm. That I don't like. I like that the, the they put it in control center like we wanted them to. Yeah, but I don't need the persistent reminder. To me, I need a reminder if my phone isn't muted, because <laughs> right? that is then the odd thing. I don't need. That there real time follow up. You can hide that icon. Oh. Says Annaline in the in the chat. Thank you. I will. I guess dig through settings.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it, we. There's so much going on up in the in the uh, status bar now that you kind of want settings think to that control I could.
0: it. It's in sound and haptics. Show, Show in, in status, status bar. bar. Oh, uh, the Discord saves. Yay! Discord gives and Discord saves. Thank you, Discord. Well,
1: I'm using my phone to record this podcast right mm-hmm. now, so I'll uh, I'll I'll set it later
0: set it, and forget it. Okay, good to know. This episode is brought to you by Vitally. Customer success teams are facing a problem. How do they connect customer data back to their work? Vitally changes that. It's a new kind of customer success platform, an all-in-one collaborative workspace that combines your customer data with all of the capabilities you expect from today's project management and work platforms. Because it's designed for today's customer success team, that's why Vitally operates with unparalleled efficiency, improves net revenue retention, and delivers best-in-class customer experiences. It's the solution to help your customer success teams keep a better pulse on your customers, which maximizes productivity, visibility and collaboration. You can boost your bottom line by driving more revenue per customer with Vitaly. And if you take a qualified demo of Vitaly, you get a free pair of AirPods Pro. So if you're a customer success decision maker actively seeking customer cs solutions working at a b2b software as a service company with 50 to 1000 employees and you're willing to explore changing customer success platforms if you already have one in place schedule your call by visiting vitally.io/upgrade and get that free pair of airpods pro that is vitally v i slash l l y.io/upgrade to get a free pair of AirPods Pro when you schedule a qualified meeting. A thanks to Vitaly for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Did you get any review watches? I did. Okay. Which?
1: Uh I got the series nine. Okay. Standard. Okay. In I don't even know. I haven't I haven't taken it out of the box yet. Okay. Because I was really concerned. About uh, how I, I think I want to set that up, attached to one of the other phones, so that I can just walk around with it, but have it not be, or maybe it'll be my day watch, night watch. I don't know. I'm just a little concerned there because I use the cellular functions, and it means I probably have to attach. I think it is cellular, but I have to attach it to my. If I want to use it with cellular, I have to attach it to my AT and T account and pay a setup fee, and That's like I'm not sure thing. I want to do that. For
0: and, what? Right. Because I mean, what to re, to, to use it and review finding, it, but, yeah. but there isn't like. The major feature, I guess, of any interest is the double tap. Which is Maybe your yet. watch has it? I don't know. Because I, d- I don't think so. I think it, um, Marquez Brownlee got a watch sent to him with double that, tap that had know. it. Interesting. And so he was able to use it for his. Well, I'll have to find out. At it time. had like a pre release version of 10.1 or something mm. on it. But.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I have, I'm not taking it out of the box. Um, I'm not buying one, but I'll I'll check it out. Apple Watch growth is slow. I mean, yeah. the the new um, processor, so it should be much more responsive and all of that. And I'm sure that apps will come out that will take advantage oh, of it.
0: On but. the Pro, there's a game that I play a lot, which I love. By the way, I recommend it's an Apple Arcade. It is kind of like a match three game. It's really good. It's like kind of like threes, and it's it's a great game. It is called Finity. F I N I T Y. Okay. So it's period. like Xfinity
1: without the X. Sure,
0: and it's an Apple Arcade game. I've been mm-hmm. playing it a lot recently. It opens so much faster. The animation looked broken when the app opened. Like there's like this little animation, but it went super fast, and then the game was ready. Like it's the it's the game company's like little stinger, yeah. but it went like three times the speed as normal. I was like, oh okay, <laughs> there's something going on in here. Um, But yeah, I got an Apple Watch Ultra 2. Yes, let's talk about it. Upgrading from a Series 7, which me in that Series 7, gold, stainless steel, loved it. But the battery life, killing me. I was charging my watch before I went to bed because I was sleep tracking, and then would charge it again in the morning, and I would get... mm, mm, Like... I was getting like 10, 11 hours battery life, Hmm. usually a day. So like I would get to about nine o'clock at night and I'll get the 10% battery warning. This is happening every day. And that's with like on average, I guess like the main thing for me there, like on an average day, I would clock in about 45 minutes of activity, like exercise time, which is just from walking. So like that would just that and just like regular watch use would kill the battery basically every day. So I was, and I held off getting the original Ultra because I wasn't sure that I was going to like the way it looked and felt. I then experienced it a few months later and liked it, but decided I would wait because I did not want to upgrade like six, eight months before or whatever. So I thought I would wait and I figured maybe there would be some differences. There are, but they're, they're slight, I guess. Um, the look of it, I enjoy. It's big, it is big, but I knew that. And I, but I like the flat display a lot. Hmm. Um, I like the color of the display. The brightness is wild. Like the, how bright this watch is is wild to me. And also like what compounds of that is like when it's off, it looks on. And I like that a lot. Hmm. I don't, I never have liked the, the the transition. And a lot of watch faces don't deal with the transition very well. Um, But I've found that some of the watch faces that you can apply color to, it doesn't look that different anymore from when they're in the always on mode and when they're on. So I appreciate that about it. The hardware of the watch is interesting to me. The action button, okay. Like I have not accidentally enabled it yet, but I know I'm going to and I'm going to see what that feels like. I'm not a big fan of the crown guard. I don't need that. Mm. I would prefer everything to be flat and there to be the crown. Um, the crown feels fine to use. It's I think it's a bit bigger, but it's also got the kind of texture on it. All of this stuff is fine. The, the overall thing that I don't... The only thing that I actually really don't like about the Ultra 2 I knew is that it's too tall off the wrist. Ah. It's big. Yeah. It's a big watch in a dimension that I don't want it to be big in, but that just is what it is. What I know about this watch that I didn't that that I didn't have so much about the the series seven is I will wear regular watches more with being this watch owner than I was with a series seven owner. I feel like the series seven could kind of fade into the background a little bit when wearing nice clothes. Mm-hmm. But the Ultra Two, I don't think I will be as comfortable in. And I have a couple of watches. Yeah, you that have I some love, nice dress watches. And so I'll be able to wear those again where the reason I haven't is because I I always want to get the activity information sure. right, but I feel like in some circumstances now I'll be more likely to swatch out, swap out, mm. swatch out, swatch swap out. out for a traditional watch than I would have otherwise. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but my my plan for the the action button is a a do not disturb maybe on like an hour or something. And my thought there is if I'm getting a lot of notifications. I like the mental model of like just squeezing my watch. Just putting it on mute And for it, a they'll while. all go away for a bit. And yep. I, I like that as, a, as an idea because then also with the way that I run my devices, that will put every device on Do Not Disturb for an hour because I have the focus modes will sync up. Um, I, I like had that, that
1: happen when we were taking the tour at St. Jude on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And there was a flurry of texts that came in. And I think they were all on a group text with people who weren't there. And I, I think I actually put myself in do not disturb because it was not that they weren't perfectly important in another context mm-hmm. they would have been fine, but it was very not much a not now. Yeah. Like I'm not know, receiving not notifications right now.
0: So I mentioned earlier that I would get like eleven hours battery life in a day, right? So kind of around nine hours would have been about eighty percent of the battery that I was using. Uh I did in nine hours yesterday thirty percent. I'm sold. Like, I sleep track. I did not charge my watch this morning. The last time I charged my watch, uh, I don't actually remember when it was now, but I have 61% battery. So this will last me all the way until tonight when I put my watch in charge, take a shower, and I'll be ready to go again. Like I'm very excited about that. The thing I'm struggling with also is watch face choices. So I feel like a lot of the traditional round watch faces don't look right on the Ultra's larger screen. So mm. I was using the Metropolitan one, and I feel like there it just doesn't extend enough with the corner complications. I think it probably can't. It just won't work. So I'm trying out different ones. I, I figure, do I just lean into what the watch wants me to be and do one of the modular ones and just make it a computer watch and stop trying to make it look nice, which is what I've always tried to do. So I'm trying out the modular ultra, which is very aggressive as a watch face. It has Hmm. a central complication and six circle complications and a bar, like a ring that goes around the outside, Hmm. which I set it to tick for seconds. So it's like a seconds ticking around second hand on a modular face, but you can set it. I think as like depth and compass Mm. as well. So I'm trying this. I have also tried out the, the like the more regular uh, modular one. I think it's called, yeah, just modular. I've tried that out, but what I've also thought about, and I'm going to play around with more. Why not just make the best looking watch face I can because I don't need complications anymore. Maybe. Because I have widgets, right? So I'm thinking, like, you know, it's like I've always really liked the typograph watch face, where it's just like big numbers. You can put it in nice colors, and mm-hmm. they can have different styles. And then all I need to do is just scroll up, and I have my widgets. Which, for me, funnily enough, my widgets and my complications pretty much the same. Because the things that I want to know, it's yeah. pretty limited, right? It's like, what's my next appointment? What's my activity today? Am I running a timer? And what's the weather? That's basically all I want my watch to give me widgets. Give me that, too. So I'm thinking that maybe I just try and make something that looks attractive and gives me the time, which is ultimately what I'm looking for when I look at the watch. And then maybe I get used to swiping up for more stuff. I'm not sure about that yet, but I'm going to play around with it. But the the watch faces that I have usually gravitated towards, which are the round faces, they don't work for me anymore. Um, I've also always really liked California, yeah, which looks great full screen too. So I might give that a oh, go. Oh, that's really nice. I think that looks really nice. And I've, I've tinted them orange as well because it matches with the, the action button. This is the other thing is like I'm not sure how all my bands are going to work. So I bought three bands that have orange in them. So I bought the the new Nike one, the, the blue one with the orange stuff. And this is, these are great, Like Looks the, great. the design of these. I got the trail one, which is like cream and blue and orange. And then I got the orange uh, ocean band as mm. well. So that's kind of for me of like I'm replacing what I would typically wear. And then I'll see if I – I've always liked the magnetic link. I've not worn that with this yet. But it's there's a lot of orange on the watch, which I do like, but not always. Right. I would have maybe liked to have seen that not be the case. The orange on the crown is fine because it still has this the the LTE ones still have red, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But then the orange action button, I don't know. I will say it's not as orange as I thought it was, like, but it's still pretty orange. But in my mind, that it was a bright orange, but it's still yeah. That's kind the of Golden entire. Gate Bridge.
1: It's international orange.
0: Is the Golden Gate Bridge international orange? Yes. Oh, because I always thought it was more red.
1: Well, international orange is a little more. Is red. a little
0: more red. Next time I'm in San Francisco, I'm going to put hold- my watch next to the bridge. Yes, hold it see up. See what happens. Okay. And it's got the, the screen guard, so I could I could ding it against the Golden Gate Bridge, and maybe it won't be a problem. So yeah, I'm very happy with this. I've got to change the way I use my Apple Watch, but that's fine too. Because watchOS 10, it actually kind of feels to me like the perfect time for me to make this change. Mm. Because it feels like apps are designed for it with the full screen. Yeah. It really feels like that. And so I'm already changing the way I use my watch anyway. So why not go one step further and change a lot more about it? Makes sense. This episode is brought to you by Ladder. Let's be real. We all have a tendency to put some things off until the very last minute. Whether that's going to your next appointment, to the DMV, arranging a dental checkup. I have a text from my dentist, which is like, three months old at this point, uh, or getting to that home improvement project that you was on your list. You know, these kinds of things I'm talking about most of the time it's fine. You'll get to it. You'll take care of it. Not an issue. But the one thing in life that you cannot afford to wait on is setting up term coverage, life insurance. You've probably seen life insurance commercials on TV, TV and thought, yeah, I'll look into that later. But this really isn't something that you should wait on. Choose life insurance through Ladder today. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in an application very easy to do so. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they made Forbes' best life insurance list of 2021. You need just a few minutes to apply and a phone or a laptop. Your Ladder's smart algorithms will work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. There are no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time, and you'll get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are insured by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A plus by AM best. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. Go to ladderlife.com slash upgrade today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L A D D E R com slash upgrade. One last time, that's ladderlife.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Ladder for their support of this show and relay FM. Should we do some Ask Upgrade questions to finish today's episode? Whoa, watch out for those lasers in this room, Jason. They're bouncing all over the place. I had a question that I brought into the document that I wasn't going to do today, but I liked it because it mirrors all the way around to some of the conversations we've been having in today's show. I think mm-hmm. it actually matches with two of the bigger conversations we've had. This comes from Brad. With Apple's 2013 environmental commitments, where does this put the car project? Uh,
1: it's a good question. The... The idea is that it's an electric car. Um, the So, you know, they never had an internal combustion engine project. I think the idea there is that especially if you're taking – you're moving everybody to electric and reducing the pollution, um, that that's a good thing. But there are lots of issues with battery parts especially. But I would say you're starting to hear Apple talk about using recycled materials in their batteries, right? Isn't it recycled cobalt, I think yeah. they said? So I think when
0: we were watching it, Gray was very impressed by that. I don't know why.
1: So I think what you're seeing, because Apple Car, you know, if it happens, it's going to have materials that. First off, they're also doing some offsets and there's lots of – I've definitely gotten some emails from people um, and like press releases from organizations talking about carbon offsets and Apple insists that these are the good ones. But the problem with carbon offsets is you're still emitting carbon and then you're paying to plant a tree somewhere and say that's equivalent and there are lots of debates about how equivalent it really is and it it really isn't in a lot of cases. So – they might do some of that with a car. I, I do think, though, that in the end, the biggest question I have about that is the batteries. And Apple makes lots of products with batteries. So for Apple's 2030 pledge, they're going to need to do a lot of work. And I imagine they're already spending huge amounts of money working on ways to fix uh, their battery cycle to use to reuse materials in their batteries as much as is possible as well. They've done that with a lot of their other parts on their devices and, um, you know, they, they look, they don't want to be the company that's taken stuff out of the ground in sometimes in places that where the environmental impact is huge and the human impact can be huge. They don't want to do that. They do have the money and the motivation, like we said before. So, um, I think that they're working on that because they've got to get that commitment has to apply to all their batteries and all their devices by 2030.
0: The thing that I was wondering about this question is just like the sheer manufacturing required, like additional manufacturing to make cars. Right. That seems like a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the question about the whole car project. Is yeah, it does seem like a lot, doesn't it? Maybe they would have a manufacturing partner and they would make sure that their electricity is, or their you know, they would offset it by buying electricity over here and saying this is for that plant or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It it makes it it out,
0: though. It it does give them just another reason to say why they're doing it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to remove more cars from the road, but there are questions still about whether electric cars are actually that much better. It's it, well, it I hear on, a lot of arguments it, about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the arguments are about the source of the electricity because it mm-hmm. needs to be from clean electrical sources and all that. But in the in the end, they're devices that don't yep. burn uh, gasoline and therefore em- literally just emit <laughs> those gases into yeah. the air. So that's good, but you have to have it has to be backed by a lot of other things. Because as
0: well, that's how Apple are doing it too, right? Like I forgot about that, but I, again, I heard in review and it was a uh, reminder that was surprising to me. of the carbon neutrality of the Apple Watch is also all the electricity you'll ever use to charge it. Is right. the way that Apple like that's to make it a fully carbon neutral product, it's not carbon neutral manufacturing, but all of the electricity. If Apple by 2030 every product Apple makes, they are also building into that idea the electricity to power that product for its expected lifespan. Right. That's hard of a car.
1: Yeah. How, yes, it's true. That's although, a lot of power. Although the trick there is that. You can also build a model about the increase in the percentage of green sources coming in. And Mm -hmm. my guess is Apple's not paying for green energy for all the electricity that charges all the Apple Watches. They're paying for the percentage of electricity used across the world Mm -hmm. to charge Apple Watches that's not coming from a green source. Yeah right that's what they're doing yeah. so they could anticipate that over time that percentage is going to go keep going down mm-hmm. and so their their cost there will go down but you're right cars use a lot of electricity too i think what what i find most interesting about this environmental commitment to apple well it's two things one is their scale and their resources put them in a unique position it makes it harder because every apple product is millions right and and um So they can't source like a part for a phone unless they can have many millions of them. And it totally changes how they do business. But they also have massive resources. So for a company like Apple to do this, really interesting, they're probably going to push in a lot of areas and even create momentum in areas that, that might need that momentum, but they need somebody behind it. So I find that fascinating. And the other thing I find fascinating is, and, and this is the semi-political version of this, I'm sure Tim Cook and Lisa Jackson know what they're doing. What they're doing is preventing other big companies from claiming they can't do it. Yep. And, and that's really interesting because they're going to make life harder for their competition and for other companies and other businesses, because everybody's going to be able to say, Apple is doing it. Why aren't you? And the little trick when Apple does this sort of thing is Apple is always, of course, uniquely positioned to do it better. So it gives them a competitive advantage because if the world comes in and says, Apple's, you know, you have to do this because Apple's doing it and their competitors like, okay, they're not going to be able to do it as well as Apple. And that's going to hurt them or cost them more. And it makes Apple, um, more successful so there's that business aspect of it too and if i had an investor i was an apple person i had the investors come in and say why are you doing this that would be the answer is we think we can do this everybody's going to have to do it and we're going to do it better than everyone else and so we're going to win and so it's good for us as a business to do this that's the way you make that argument
0: anthony asks do you think that promotion having the word pro in its name will preclude it from ever appearing in a non-pro apple product I have, th- I have some thoughts about this, because yep. it hasn't yet, right? So, like, we have the Dynamic Island, but there is not a ProMotion display, and there is also not an always-on display. And I feel like ProMotion at the moment, maybe, and the always-on are kind of linked together. But anyway, this is the, the, the higher refresh rate display, right, is the ProMotion technology. Mm-hmm. So, my expectation for this is that at some point down the line, ProMotion is enhanced, either higher refresh rate or they add something else to that technology which will then allow a version of promotion to be on a different display do they call it promotion maybe i don't know like maybe it gets a different name when it's you know a different refresh rate i am surprised apple have yet to go to 90 on the regular iPhones like they are falling behind competition in that regard if people care about it I don't know, right? Um, it's spoken a lot about in tech YouTube videos. I care about it, but that's one of the reasons I buy the pro phone is I like it to feel really smooth. Um, but I think that that's probably what will happen is that at some point, you know, maybe the pro phones go to 240 frames per second and then they bring 90 or 120 to the regular phones.
1: Yeah, I mean, my short, my short answer here is Apple, um, names will never preclude Apple from doing whatever it wants. Right. There's no, oh, we can't do this because it's, if the moment that Apple thinks that it makes sense for whatever reason for the non pro phones to have promotion, they will add it. So the question is just, you know, and they'll say, oh, look, literally the iPhone 15 non pro on Apple's marketing pages. When they talk about the fact that it's got the processor from last year, they say that it was tested in pro environments, tested by the pros, and now available to you. That's how yeah. they pitch that. So, like, they can they can work around it. So, I think the answer is going to be promotion held out of the non pro phones is a thing that will happen until it they have enough stuff in the pro phones and it's inconvenient enough to hold it out that they're. I like this is the dynamic island argument other than the fact that Pro is in the name. The dynamic island argument is, oh, well, do you withhold the dynamic island from everywhere uh, that isn't a Pro phone in order to sell Pro phones? And the answer was, well, no, we'd rather have that everywhere. I imagine that at some point, 60 frames will become a feature that they're like, no, this should have it. And maybe the answer is they go to 90 frames if people care. If people ca- don't care, they'll go to 60 frames at some point, and they'll be like, nobody cares above this. And it'll, they'll say, and it's got promotion, yay. I think
0: they 60 currently.
1: No, but not not on the – or is it 60 and 120 that yeah. we have currently? Okay. So you've got your high frame rate and your low frame rate. They'll bring it down if they want to and if it's convenient for them. And maybe they'll bring it down because they've got a higher frame rate. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe nobody cares about the higher frame rate. Um, and maybe promotion is good enough for everybody. In which case, they'll just put it in there. They don't care.
0: And Bo asks, "What configurations are each of your 2022 MacBook Airs, along with the color?"
1: They're next to each other. We're, this they're, is they're beautiful. Touching. They're they're yeah they're touching, just a little
0: bit. We both on our MacBook other. Airs. We both have the same color.
1: Yeah, they're both 13-inch Midnight yep. M2. You got more GPU power than me.
0: I got the 10-core GPU. I don't remember why I did it. I just did it. I I think it was. For me, I wanted 24 gigabytes of RAM and one terabyte storage. I might have ended up with like some kind of package and added one thing. You know right, what I mean? Right,
1: that might be. Well, this is the story of this is we have seemingly identical laptops but you spent a lot more money on yours than I did on mine. I have a 10-core GPU or you have a 10-core GPU, 24 gigs of RAM and the terabyte storage. I have 8, 16 and 512. Yeah. So I don't have the base model but I have much closer to the base model than
0: you do. I'm trying to see now because like, I'm expecting that there was some kind of like limit of some kind.
1: Yeah, that you were in the, in the buying uh, thing and uh, you had to go to the higher level level and then configure that one so you actually it doesn't look
0: like uh, no that's the 8 core 10 core oh they only do 8 and 10 now yeah Huh. okay like they only do 8 core CPU 10 core GPU in the M2
1: oh they don't do the 8 core GPU
0: oh I found it it's under a different button why does it say new I don't know this is very confusing to me oh I was looking at the 15 inch oh that that would be why I was looking at the 15 inch so let me look. If I do the 8-core GPU... Because they only do 8 and 10 in the...
1: In the 13-inch.
0: Yeah, it turns out it didn't make any difference. I just went with 10-core GPU for whatever you reason. I went with More that. more Gs. More Gs in my PUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot on this machine, so I just was like, oh, I'll bump it up and go the extra. And this is my main computer. This is what I do for uh, all of my work. And on it really. is not mine, so I'm fine. I love it. Yep. Uh, please don't forget... Go to saintjudeorg slash relay. Give off and give generously and help us support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in their fight against childhood cancer all throughout September. You can send us your feedback, follow-up, and questions at upgradefeedback.com. You can check out Jason's work at sixcolors.com. I'm assuming you'll probably... Have some device reviews within the next don't time. give me a deadline the next time within the next amount yeah, of within time. an amount of a span of time I will review devices you can also hear uh, Jason shows from relay FM and at the incomparable.com you can also listen to my podcast here on relay FM you can check out my work at cortexbrand.com it's that as paper well. you were talking about there's paper there we also currently have subtleties on sale mm-hmm. for a limited time and hoodies and hoodies. But don't
1: buy those. You'll we'll buy our hoodies again sometime soon.
0: This is a lightweight hoodie. Okay. So the upgrade hoodie is a thick hoodie. Yes, yeah, right. The subtle one is buy a the Buy them all. Hoodie. Buy all the hoodies. Yep. You can find us on Mastodon. Jason is at Jasonell, J-S-N-E-L-L J-S-S-N-E-L-L, on Zeppelin.Flights. I am at iMike, I M Y K E, on Mike.Social. The show is on Mastodon as Upgrade uh, at Relay fm.social you can watch video clips of the show there and on tiktok instagram and youtube where we are at upgrade relay we're also on threads i am at imike i-m-y-k-e jason is at jason now am going to do something to tidy this up further but i don't know what it is it is long it's long we'll we'll slim it down we'll find a way thank you to our members who support us of upgrade plus Thank you to our sponsors. That is Factor, Vitally, and Ladder for their support of this episode. But most of all, as always, thank you for listening. We're back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Give me another high five. Woo!